Welcome to episode 22 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, with Eric Sanchez. Eric, how's it going today? Oh, it's going great. Yeah, you got your brakes fixed, you're all ready to go, so your car's I not going to go off a ditch somewhere? No, it's it's driving real smooth. Nice, I nice. Like <laughs> we got an awesome show today. We're doing our favorite gimmick matches, and it's kind of general how we defined it. It was pretty much just ones we liked, and we kind of like decided if it was a gimmick match or not. Uh, we'll mention the ones, we'll touch on ones that are probably the more popular that I don't think either of us have, like the War Games matches uh, WCW had, or ladder matches, which we talked about last week, or maybe a steel cage match or something like that. We'll, we'll kind of touch on those and focus on the ones we specifically know about. Yeah. Uh, also, today we have an awesome interview scheduled with Angel Dust. She is a professional wrestler. She's got a awesome huge show coming up in july here in chicago at rise and she's going to be in the main event in a dog collar match we'll definitely talk with her about that and that kind of inspired our gimmick theme show because that's a dog collar match and that's one of the matches i have to talk about <clears throat> you could yeah. follow her on twitter at angel dust zero six uh, you could follow us on twitter at ppw podcast Positively Pro Wrestling podcast on soundcloud or itunes ppw podcast at gmail.com one more big announcement, our What a Maneuver. What a Maneuver. Uh, T-shirt store launched today, and it's also got, it's basically just, it's uh, it's our logo, which which we have, which Eric designed. It's pretty funny. It, it, I, I tweeted it out. It's a keyboard saying, I never complain online, and it's kind of in theme with what we go about. Uh, we're kind of tease how everyone just complains about wrestling yeah. and everything else. Uh, they've got T-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, girl shirts, onesies for your kid uh sweatshirt all that stuff i mentioned before i know sometimes it's kind of expensive like hey it's 20 bucks for a t-shirt plus like six bucks shipping or whatever it gets added up so in order to thank anybody that orders a shirt from us if you do and you send me a picture of either your order or your shirt that arrived you get to pick the topic of our show for that week and also if you want to come on and be a guest you are welcome to do that as well it's pretty simple we record over skype uh, it's just watermaneuver.net and also on our Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can check all that out. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago when I talked about it, it's not to make any type of money. I'm not expecting them to do anything. It's literally to help pay for the server cost to host the show for every week. That's right. it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, anything else going on in your world besides before we get started in our awesome, fantastic gimmick match show slash interview with Angel Dust coming up? Um, I mean, I was looking at the the website for Rise, which the show we're going to mm -hmm. has uh, Delilah Doom and Angel Dust on it. But it was kind of cool because there are some people that I kind of know now. Uh, Chelsea Green, she's yeah. in a tag match she's with, on, with yeah, Britt she's Baker. In TNA, right? Yeah, she's TNA as uh, Laurel Van Ness. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I like her. She's cool. Uh, Britt Baker, I just found out that she's with Adam Cole. So I'm like, okay, at least I know something about her. <laughs> but I think that match will be fun because they're going to be a tag team. I think Fire and Ice. 
um, Delilah Doom, um, Angel yeah, Dust. And she's face, Delilah Doom's fa- facing, we'll kind of get it right into all, your first match. about Yeah, the Rosemary. Matches. Yeah, so Delilah Doom's facing Rosemary at this coming Rise show, and we'll just get started with this. And this was a match you told me to watch. It was Rosemary versus, who was it again at a TNA show? Jade. Jade, okay. Yeah. It was a hardcore rules match. Um, what was the? It's the called show? a Monster's Ball, but essentially like Monster's Ball is just like, just a hardcore match. Like Raven would come out with his cart of just signs and trash cans and just yeah. anything, like a, a cart of weapons. So right. Monster's Ball is pretty much similar to that. So they go ahead stuff and yeah, all these just, weapons. just talk about this gimmick match, start over when it was. All <clears> I kinda, it was kind of super. Yeah, some of those, I guess pay-per-view names, but TNA Impact Wrestling doesn't do like really pay-per-views that much anymore. Maybe like one or two a year, but this one was called Genesis, but it was aired on regular television cable. Um, but Rosemary is just this psychotic, demonic, I don't know, I think she's just really cool because I'm attracted to stuff like that. So she's in a, a group with Decay. So you got Abyss, Crazy Steve, mm-hmm. he's gone though. Um, but this was from January 26, 2017. And Jade... She was the champion, and then Rosemary kind of came up, and she uh, was going to be a contender for it. So they kind of had just like a big rivalry. Like, I don't know, Jade was the good girl. Rosemary was just this uh-huh. evil whatever. Yeah. So they've had uh, last woman standing matches and, I don't know, just no DQ matches, stuff like this. So if you want to watch, like, I don't know, to me, knockouts are just way better at doing, being more hardcore and I agree. tough. And I don't know if that's they're better at it because <clears throat> they're allowed to do it. I I think they just do it. Yeah. To be I don't know to kind of set the bar for women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. I've always liked the knockout division. It's had its highs and lows, but I think right now it's at a high. I don't know if you watch TNA or Impact, but I think it's doing pretty good. They got Cherry. They've got um, I mean Allie. She was she's Cherry on the independent scene, but they've got Allie. Um, Maria was there, but she left. Sienna, Jade, Rosemary. Yep. I mean, there's so many good. I yeah, and like you said, a lot of them are going to be at this Rise and Shimmer Show coming up July the 7th in Berwyn, Illinois. Yeah. So uh, January 26th, I believe, uh, TNA Genesis or Impact Genesis. I forget when they changed their name from TNA to Impact. But it's just such a brutal match. Like, Jade is already in. She's just wearing jeans. She's not even in, like, a wrestling gear. She's got her, like, T-shirt on. Rosemary comes out second. And as soon as Rosemary gets close to the ring, she's coming out with a garbage can full of uh, weapons. Mm-hmm. Jay just dives through the rope, and they're just beating the shit out of each other. There's just so many cool spots that... Yeah, and the best part about this is I watched this one today because you told me I never saw it before. And, like, at first I clicked, like, just the highlight finish of the match or something. I guess that was on TNA's YouTube channel. Yeah. <clears throat> I think but, it was, like, the last three minutes of the Yeah, match. but after that, I'm like, oh, there's thumbtacks, and there's a table spot, and there's barbed wire. Yeah. This looks like a regular awesome match. Yeah, so the thumbtacks, and then there's a board. It's, like, the size of a door, and it's got all this barbed wire on it. And th- those are kind of trademarks of Abyss. So because she's from Decay, it kind of makes sense that Abyss probably trained her with this kind of stuff. But they're teasing who's going to land on the thumbtacks. Um, I keep wanting to call her Courtney because she was Courtney Rush on the indies, but Rosemary... She gets, I think, uh, backdropped onto the thumbtack. She gets slammed onto the, the, the board with the barbed wire. She, she's taken all the punishment, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jade kind of takes the board, turns it up, turns it over, lays it on top, so the barbed wire is on Rosemary. And then she does like um, a springboard moonsault onto mm-hmm. the board. It's just brutal. Yeah. Chairs. I mean, she's. It, it's tough to describe these type of things to yeah. people. Like you got to just go watch this. And this is one for sure that 
when you're watching the match, when at least when I was watching it, it seemed it didn't seem like oh this is just a women match trying to be hardcore. It was like oh this is just a hardcore match. Right. And it was pretty awesome. And I think they pulled off really well. I know I don't know what the perception is. If you're used to watching WWE and you start watching other stuff, you're like oh this other stuff sucks. But mm-hmm. you kind of got to give it a chance because I, when I first started getting back into the knockouts, I'm like oh you know she's this or she's that. Yeah. She doesn't look like anybody I know. And I don't know. It, it's it takes a while to get into it, but. Yeah, I promise you, this is such a good match. <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet it out, guys, and go. What was, it was or not Angel Dust is our guest. Today. <laughs> it was uh, Rosemary versus, versus Jade. Rosemary versus Jade. Yeah, TNA Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you if you type that in on YouTube, a bunch of stuff comes up, and they had kind of like a rivalry back and forth for like a couple months. It looked like yeah. So I got like sucked on a YouTube trap of watching a bunch of the things today, and it kind of culminates in that huge hardcore match at yeah. What was it? Hardcore Rules or whatever. Uh, Monsters Ball. Monsters match. Ball. Monsters Ball. That was that Halle Berry movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then some towards the end, uh, Gail Kim, she's you know really good friends with Jade storyline mm-hmm. wise. So then she kind of gets involved and gets sprayed in the face with mist. And I never in- understood how wrestlers do the mist. Like Tajiri or Rosemary, like do they have capsules that they bite down and then they spray? Let's, I let's, don't know. Let's just <laughs> leave the magic. Let's not try to be, do the magician secrets. Let's just enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, the next, the match I want to talk about will also lead into our guest, which we'll we will get to her as soon as we're done talking about this match. I mentioned Angel Dust is having a dog collar match at the Rise Medic Show in Chicago for the championship for the Rise Rise Championship, and that dog collar match I think is just so old school that mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, like you don't see it very often anymore. No. And she's facing uh, Shotzi Blackheart, and it's for the the title. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right because I think I am, but whatever, <laughs> it, it happens, right? We'll hear it at the show, and then we're like, oh, yeah, this is what Oh, I'm a jackass. <laughs> yeah, right? She's like, hey, asshole, listen to you. Uh, but the match I want to talk about is Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine from the first Starcade, Starcade 1983. They had a dog collar match. And this is always this is a match that kind of like built up a bit of a legend because it was a standout match on that Starcade show. And I was and I hadn't seen it in such a long time. I was like, is it does it hold up? Is it good? And then I put it on, and it is brutal. Like, they just, I told you before we started recording today, I'm like, it's just them beating the shit out of each other for about 25 minutes. There's no psych, there's no wrestling holds, but there is like psychology to the match. So the story going into this was Piper was injured with like a huge, something to his ear. So his equilibrium was all off. Mm-hmm. So during the match, Greg Valentine's kind of working on like hitting his ear. Like who would think to work an ear as a body part, right? right. To like get, to get him. And Piper's all wobbly and he can't stand. And there's points where they're pulling each other at the beginning. Like they both have the dog collar on their neck and they're pulling each other with chains and they're both bloody as hell. And there's one point where there's just a bunch of folding chairs on the floor. And at this show, it's a little bit different than we're used to now because now we're used to the fan literally being right up against the guardrail on top of the action. These old school NWA shows, there'd be the guardrail and about maybe 10 feet of space before the yeah, first row chairs. Right. So there was room for them to work. And I think uh, New Japan does that too a little bit now. I don't know if I like it as much. It seems like it makes it seem like the arena is smaller than it is to me for some reason, but it does give the wrestlers more creativity to do stuff. Yeah. But there's a part where they're, they're in the chain and Piper just gets thrown. Like, not like, you know, oh, there's a bump into these chairs. These now they're chained the chair. to each other. Around the neck. Around the neck. Yeah, around the neck. Now, how do you win the match? Do you got to touch, just a regular touch match. turnbuckles no, or no. anything? No, that's a strap match. <laughs> yeah. This is a regular match. Just you get a pin. And Piper, <clears throat> Piper ends up getting the win. And after the match, Valentine just keeps beating the shit out of him. And. 
and the crowd goes nuts for Piper. And this is '83, so it was a year before I was born, and I, I didn't really know know much about NWA stuff or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a match, check out. This is on the network. It's easy to find. Uh, Starcade '83. It's the first Starcade ever. Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine. Valentine's the U.S. champion at the time, but this is not for the belt, which I found kind of weird. So maybe mm-hmm. they had different plans, or maybe Piper was just coming in because this is back when wrestlers used to work different territories. Uh, but either way, check it out. If you haven't seen it in a while, if you've never seen it, I highly recommend you see it too. Yeah, I forgot which one I tried. I don't know if it was a Starcade or whatever other big one that NWA, WCW used to use, but mm-hmm. there was like Gordon Soley and some other guy. And I mean, just the. Well, produ- Gordon Soley is the announcer. Yeah, but just the production was just yeah. so low it's budget. Rough. <laughs> it's it is I think that. I fell asleep. I was, I was watching one of them a while ago. Yeah, it's, it's so different. And part of that was part of the reason when I was a kid before. I guess Bischoff took over WCW. Whenever their TV was on, I'm like, I can't watch this. It's just like it seemed like minor leagues to me as a kid because yeah. WWE's big and bright, and even if the arena's small, it was lit up awesome, and their characters and all that. And WCW's in the darkly, dimly lit, where there's just a spotlight yeah. on the ring, and nothing. I just else. felt like the names were not as creative. I don't know. <laughs> it's still, check it out now. Definitely check. Oh, it out. Oh yeah, now. I will. Uh, all right, so now I'm going to kick it over to the interview. So the interview real time hasn't been recorded yet right i'm actually going to talk with angel dust right after this so i'm going to pause here and we're going to insert the interview into it it's going to be uh angel dust right now talking about her upcoming main event match at rise medic in chicago on july 7th so we got angel dust online how are you doing today not too bad how are you doing good thanks so much for coming on i already mentioned you guys you could follow her on twitter at angel dust zero six and already talked about the big upcoming main event she has at the Rise Show in Chicago on July 7th. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but first, just wanted to get to know you a little bit. Um, you've been a wrestler, it looks like, what, for about 10 years now? Yep, yep, just hit 10 years back in February. So I always like to ask people this, especially people that are professional wrestlers, is when did you first become a fan? What was the moment where you were, like, flipping through the TV or a magazine? You're like, oh, this kind of caught my eye. You know, almost everyone has a good story for that, and I really don't. Um, I remember my mom uh, watched it when we were younger, and because she was so drawn into it, I was. Mm-hmm. Um, for, you know, for whatever reason, she was. But uh, once I started watching it, I literally could not stop watching wrestling. Um, you know, back when I was younger, it was mostly WWE, mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw, and stuff. But uh, now that I've I've started, I literally want nothing to do with anything else besides wrestling. <laughs> what? So, what year was this? Like, what 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 era are we talking? Uh, probably early to mid '90s okay. uh, when I started. So. So right before the right before the big Attitude Era boom, when wrestling right. became cool, it's interesting that you started at a time when wrestling wasn't the cool thing to watch. <laughs> That's when I was really into it too, in like ninety three through ninety five, and then all of a sudden, if you you had this experience when the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars was going on, all of a sudden, like I became the person to ask information to because I was always a wrestling fan. So my right, friends right. who got in would ask that too, and if you had that as well. Yeah, yeah, here and there I did, yeah. What were some of your favorites growing up? Are you drawn to any of the, the women wrestlers? I know at that time it was kind of slim pickings, particularly in the WWF, but or were you or were there any any wrestlers at all that you were drawn to that were your favorites? Uh, I mean, at that point it was literally anything and everything wrestling. Um, again, mm-hmm. I, I guess I can't really say anything and everything because it was really um, mostly you know the WWF back then. Well, that's what you had it access to, right? That's what you had access to. Right, exactly. 
not so much WCW when it became a big hit you know, during the Monday Night Wars and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, um, Shawn Michaels is, uh, will forever be my, my favorite. Um, I guess I, I, more going back to, I remember more along the lines of the Attitude Era and so forth when it comes to wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. um, my favorites were Shawn Michaels, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit. Like you said, uh, with, with the females, for me, I was always a big athlete and sports fan and anything in that sense. So for me, I was always drawn to the guys regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, it took the, it took to get to more into the, uh, the divas, uh, I guess, so to speak, their term of, of, um, coming to like Trish Stratish and Lita yeah. and so before I really got more into, it wasn't necessarily a, uh, you know, a Sherry or, or you know, some mm-hmm. of those, you know, the, the earlier girls from when I was younger, but, more so the the late 90s 2000s and so on for females but definitely when it came to the guys any guy that i could watch i i just love wrestling so, so you're obsessed with wrestling and you're a big fan and a lot but a lot of people are, are big wrestling fans what was the moment where you're like all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna try to become a wrestler like was there a moment or was it just like oh, i always want to do this i'm gonna go do it i never i always knew i wanted to do it i didn't know how i didn't know what the process was i didn't I mean, even when I first started figuring things out slowly about indie wrestling, that it took it took time for me to kind of to kind of figure out where to go and and what to figure out and what to do. Um, I knew I wanted to, I didn't know how, um, but it was it was either I, I I was literally just thinking a little bit ago, like if it wasn't for wrestling, I have no idea what I would be doing right now. I don't know what career field, what you know. It's, anything sports related that I would possibly do or outside of it, or I have mm-hmm. no idea what else I'd be doing right now if it wasn't for wrestling. So I'm, I'm glad I found my way into it. So how did you get into it? Who was your, who was your trainers? You know, there's stuff online, but you can never know like what's accurate and what's not. So who was your trainers? Right. Who got you started and, and what year was that? Uh, again, when I first got into indie wrestling, so to speak, mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Um, my mom came to me one night and was like, hey, did you see this commercial for this? Uh, I don't know what it was, but there's some wrestling promotion. And I was like, what? No, you're crazy. Like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I was probably, I was in high school, um, probably ninth, 10th, ninth, 10th grade, so maybe. Um, and I found a commercial for Cleveland All Pro Wrestling. Um, JT Lightning ran it at the time. Um and since then, I would stay up super late on, uh, I think it was Saturday nights, maybe. Mm-hmm. And whatever night it was, I would stay up super late just to watch this, you know, a half hour to hour long episode of, of whatever this local wrestling was. Yeah. Um, and at the end, of course, there was, you know, commercials and so forth. So he had his little spiel about, you know, training and come see live wrestling and so forth. Um, so they would run their shows on Sundays, Sunday afternoons. And I, at the time, I was in the military. Um, I happened to have my, my weekend drill unit was probably 20 minutes from where he ran, uh, his school and where he ran his shows. Mm-hmm. So I literally went to a show. I think, I think they were in the semi, the semi or the main event. I'm not sure. I forget, I forget which one. It was pretty much the end of the show. And I walked in, uh, full military uniform in my ACUs. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody literally stood there and stared at me walking in the door. It was, it was actually kind of awkward. <laughs> um, I stood around. Uh, after the main event, um, while they were tearing down the ring, while they were tearing down chairs and tables and so forth, and I actually started helping out, waiting to figure out who this JT Lightning was and how I was going to introduce myself. Uh, I literally was shaking and nervous 
more than anything because I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea who this guy was. I didn't know how he would take me. I didn't even know if I was allowed to be there after the show like I was, but I stuck around. I helped tear down the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I found him um, as he was paying the, paying the boys, and um, I stood around and waited for him to take a minute to talk to me. He gave me a business card. And then uh, a couple weeks later, I called him and went for a tryout. And since then, uh, I it was probably I, th- I took the tryout in November of 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think it was just after Thanksgiving. So I um, went out there, had had a tryout, and told him I wanted to stick around. I wanted to keep doing it. And I would go back. I think we did like I want to say three days a week at that point. Um, from then until February 2007, when I had my first match. I'm really glad you told that story, and I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're probably, your, I guess, age group or wrestlers are one of the last people to kind of have to do what you did, just show up and ask, how do I become a wrestler? Because now you go online, and there's, you know, Seth Rollins has his Black and Blue Wrestling Academy, and Ring of Honor has uh, academies every few years, and even your Rise show coming up has a seminar, so people can go online and find it. You were, like, just at the end of, or the end of being able to figure it out on the internet, so that's a really cool story so i hope you continue to tell that one so i really liked hearing it Thank uh, you. Th- another thing i want to ask you you've got an inch in this we're going to skip ahead a little bit because i want to i don't want to forget talking about the rise show you've got the match coming up it's the main event it's a dog collar match for the championship right. there <laughs> i was watching some a little bit on youtube and i don't want to i'll let you kind of tell the story of this rivalry you're having and how it's kind of culminating in a dog collar match and on my show today we talked about how the dog collar match is kind of lost a little bit, and I think there's a lot of room for it to, to move back in because there's so much you can do with it. So I guess tell the story of how this this ended up where, oh, by the way, at this show coming up in Chicago, you're having a dog collar match. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess uh, a mix of both. It was uh, it was uh, addressed and brought up uh, kind of in that sense as, uh, like, okay, like, we need We have options. We need options. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned your opponent too. I didn't mention your opponent, so make sure you mention her too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Shotzi Blackheart. That, mm-hmm. That's for the Phoenix of Rise uh, Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you, you, you spoke with Kevin. Um, I listened to the interview. It was, uh, it was really, really good. He's way better at speaking, so I hope that my interview goes as well as his. But this was definitely uh, something I looked forward to. But he uh, he pretty much uh, kind of gave us a chance to to almost choose like we had to agree that we both wanted to do this and I, I figured something along the lines of uh, a no disqualification or something I didn't think it would get too uh, serious but I definitely feel like the dog color match is going to be something that really uh, shows where this rivalry where this feed is going mm-hmm. um, even though it's stated as the the you know the last chance for me to get my my title so to speak uh, I regardless of the outcome which i anticipate of course getting back my title but i don't uh, i don't see this being an end by any means mm-hmm. um i i think this is a rivalry that's going to continue on for quite some time and i actually look forward to it as for the dog collar match uh, a little nervous i guess you could you could say uh never never dealt with that i think the um the craziest match i've gotten uh when it comes to comes terms to like gimmick matches and so forth mm-hmm. i've done a ladder match many many years ago and i've i've man, i've wrestled guys in like hardcore like crazy rules um but nothing quite like this so i actually i have no idea what to anticipate and how to take it um i will say i hate things being t- tied around my neck like that so it's oh, probably going to wow. be 
more <laughs> annoying and, and, and grueling than anything. But um, I, I believe it or not, look forward to it and anticipate where it goes from here. I'm really looking forward to it, too. And on our show today, I mentioned we talked about the Dalek Color match. And I think the most famous one is the Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine one from Starcade 83. And I was watching it the other day, and like it's brutal, but there's so much you can do with it because you know right. you're you're limited, but at the same time it kind of forces you guys to to interact. You can't hide, you can't walk around the ring. So I'm really looking forward to it. You you're obviously in the independent wrestling scene, and it looks like you're working pretty much every weekend or as much as you can. Um, if you go on YouTube and type in Angel Dust, make sure to type in Angel Dust Wrestler. Except an angel does, she'll get like a bunch of rap songs. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, they, a ton of matches come up from you in the past for the past couple of years. Who are some of your favorites that you've gotten to work with um, in the past few years that you've been in the independent scene? I mean, you've been on the scene for ten years, but I'm talking more recently. Uh, more recently, wow. I guess uh, I haven't thought too much of it. Um, anything, anytime I get in the ring, of course, before she was, you know, signed. Anything with Hattie Lovelace, I mm-hmm. I love being in the ring with her. Um, we we clicked, and it didn't matter what what crowd we were in front of. It was just it was smooth sailing. Like I, I loved being in the ring with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, probably a couple of my other tops. Um, I've, I've been in the ring a lot with some of the younger girls from the area. Um, uh, I, I don't mind getting to work with uh, you know some some of the some of the local girls as much, but uh, I mean, I'm really trying to think. No, it's okay. Um, I mean, or anyone, any of your favorites. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be recent. It's like specific, as I said. But any any ones that you've worked with that have been some of your favorites to work with. I mean, I've, I've, I've it's been a few years, but I, I love being in the ring with Jessica Havoc as well. Um, I, I barely even see her much anymore, let alone you know happen to be on the same show or in the same ring with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with uh, Diana Perrazzo, uh, probably. It's, probably about two, almost three years ago now, um, the, the first time and so far the only time. Um, and again, this was when she was still uh, still, still breaking her way in. But it, she's very, very solid, very smooth. I, I look forward to seeing where she goes from here. Um, and even with this rivalry, I um, I can enjoy to a degree being in the ring with Shotzi Blackheart. I know that there's a rivalry going on, but um, it's, it's always good to be able to get into a ring. And regardless of how much you beat each other up to be able to get in the ring with somebody and have good solid matches. And Shotzi is another one of those girls as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm looking at just so people to know that are in the Chicago area that might want to go with this. This is a pretty stacked lineup of talent uh, of wrestlers that's on this show. You've got you, you've got uh, Delilah Dooms facing Rosemary. Um, let's see here. There's Hudson Envy, Kylo, Chelsea Green, Britt Baker. This is just like on the poster. So there's a ton of, of talent on the show and a ton of awesome wrestling that I'm really looking forward to. Again, guys, it's July 7th in Berwyn, Illinois. Um, that's actually a Friday night. I think the doors open at 6 or 7, and the first match is 8 o'clock. Um, when I had Delilah Dumont a couple weeks ago, I asked her, I was like, what are your, your goals? Like, do you want to get to the WWE? Do you want to go to Japan? And her answer was, as long as I could be a wrestler and that's my job, I'm happy. So what are some of your long-term goals? Do you want to get to TNA, WWE? Do you want to go overseas? What, what do, you, do you want to be an independent wrestler the rest of your life? Like, what's your plan? Um, I'm one to just kind of take things in stride. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in, in some form I'm kind of in the same boat. As long as I can continue wrestling, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course I want to be able to be on a bigger scale than where I am. Not just, you know, I'm definitely glad I'm, I'm a part of Shimmer and, and Rise yep. and so forth. Um, but you know, I'd love to be able to be a part of some of these other larger, you know, 
you know, male and female shows and these promotions, but I'm definitely looking forward to um, branching myself out and trying to go overseas. Um, I, I definitely, uh, I've sent stuff over to stardom, um, for Japan. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to England. I, I mean, at this point I literally would go anywhere and everywhere. Um, I have turned down a, a booking for Mexico, but that just seemed a little, a little nerve wracking for me. So I kind of wasn't sure the atmosphere and the area. So I wasn't taking too much of a chance, but, uh-huh. um, I, I just recently got my passport and it seems like as soon as I got it, um, three doors opened left and right and people, people were contacting me and, and nobody even knew that I had just gotten it. It's just, oh, you know, overseas bookings and stuff just kind of, just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so I'm definitely trying to reach out and get to a bigger aspect, a bigger scale when it comes to indie wrestling. Of course, I, you know, I'd love to, you know, try and get signed to a Ring of Honor, to a TNA, to a WWE, mm-hmm. but, um, I guess it's one of those things where, I've always kind of been one to, uh, so to speak, like hold myself down. I've, I've always been in doubt of where I could be, where I should be, and how I felt that I was um, performing and, and, and going. So I'm trying to like break out of that shell and just bring myself to uh, to to get to these bigger and better places myself and not sit back and go, well, I want to be here, but this is why I feel like I don't belong there. Well, but I- now, also now I'm trying to just branch out and, and open myself up to these new new horizons and try and take myself there. I hope you do, because I I, I heard of you because of, of the show, that's the Rise shows. They were here a couple years ago, too. But it was recommended from one of the people that listens to my show of who I, I sent a tweet out saying, hey, any indie wrestlers you guys want to hear, I'll try to get them on the show. And yours is one name that came up. So you do have fans out there that are rooting for you. So I hope that I you definitely keep, appreciate that, continue for to sure. push for that. Yeah. Uh, I always ask people that come on a fun wrestling-related story, either when they were growing up or recently or anything kind of goofy. And the example I give is when I was seven years old, moved to a new town, my Hulk Hogan hat made me friends with some people on the bus that were picking on me. So do you have any fun wrestling story from when you were a kid or from when you were even when you were an adult that maybe not might not fit into a category of your favorite match or something like that, but any type of fun wrestling story? Um, I don't know about fun. I, it might be a little embarrassing. Then those, um, are, the be- those was- are the best kind, so let's hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, for me. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But back when I was in uh, in middle school, high school, um, I every single day I and I still have every single T-shirt. Every single day that I went to school, I always wore a wrestling shirt. Not one day. It was very seldomly that you would not see me wearing a wrestling shirt at school. And usually, that was because of some sporting you know event or something that I had to wear something else. Um, I, I literally, any speech that I had for my speech classes, um, any kind of school project, art project, uh, anything, whatever it was, yeah. anything that came out of it was always, always, always wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know I was looked at as the, the weird kid that, uh, always wandered around, you know, the little tomboy that wore clothes that were way too big and wrestling t-shirts every day, but, uh, I don't regret it at all. And I literally still have every single t-shirt and they're all still too big. I can't fit in anything. Isn't that so funny? they sit in the back of my closet. <laughs> That's funny. Like I, I have some old, I was the same way when I was in school and like there's, I had a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt and I found it recently. I'm like, this still fits. I'm like, I wore this in eighth grade. Why was I wearing an XL in eighth grade? But it sounds yeah. like you're the same way. Um, guys, again, follow Angel Dust on Twitter at AngelDust06. And she will be at the upcoming Rise show in Chicago, Illinois, July 7th. It's actually in Berwyn, Illinois, just outside of the city. Uh, are you pretty much based? I see you're in Youngstown, Ohio. Is that where you kind of you work mainly out of the Midwest every weekend? Or you kind of branch out wherever somebody grabs you? Uh, I'm more or less – I'm based out here. Obviously, I'll travel anywhere. Yeah. Um, 
but I most majority of my current uh, bookings and so forth are probably between Ohio, Pennsylvania. So yeah, Midwest and a little further east and a little further west, but pretty much this general area. Yes. So I'm assuming you're driving out here in two weeks, right? Yep, absolutely. So here's my advice. Do not, because I just came from Cleveland this past weekend. Do not, do not take 80, 90, take 30. It says it's longer, but take it because 80, 90 is horrible right now. Don't take it. I'll take your word that's for it. That's my advice. It's, your GPS can tell you it's an hour slower, but it's not. Trust me, that's my advice for you. Uh, do you got anything else you want to talk about? Any other, you know, upcoming shows besides the Rise Show and the Shimmer Show coming up in Berwyn that you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, I, I want to say majority of my bookings are currently uh, the pretty pretty stable, the same ones that I tend to work. But I, I encourage everyone to check out not just where any place that I uh, happen to be in the ring, but check out any local indie promotion. Mm -hmm. um, if you are in the Ohio area, check out AIW, check out Rockstar Pro. Um, I mean, there's there's places everywhere in Ohio. If you're in uh, Pennsylvania, check out IWC, check out Pro Wrestling Rampage. Um, and, and like I said, even if you're from California or Florida, check out your local new promotions. You don't understand what you will be able to see and who you'll be able to find and just, just the the crazy array of people and personalities that you'll be able to find. Like if Wrestling is at a great time right now, and it's definitely a time to check it out and, and keep an eye out for everybody and everything. Yeah, I'm glad you, you brought that up because I was going to ask you that too because when we were – growing up it was pretty much what's on tv is what you got and now it's so easy to find shows every weekend in your town and they're a lot of fun and normally they're like 10 bucks and the money goes straight to the to the wrestlers and everyone's pretty much everyone i've ever met in indie show as far as the wrestlers go have been super accommodating and super cool to meet with people and talk with you if you have questions so definitely check out your local shows everybody uh again follow her on twitter at angel dust zero six you can find rise on twitter for all of your info about the event and then you i'm guessing will be tweeting about any upcoming shows you have or anything like that and yeah thanks so much for coming on i really really appreciate it no problem thank you for having me okay we'll see you in a couple weeks thank you Thank you so much, Angel Dust, for coming on. Follow her on Twitter, at AngelDust06. Uh, she'll be tweeting out, I'm sure, info about the show coming up. If you're in the Chicago area, definitely check it out. It's in Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, tickets are, uh, you can go to the Rise Twitter page for tickets. It's also WrestlingPipeline.com. And there's, there's like a weird link to get to it. Um, it's kind of goofy, but front row tickets, I think there's only about, I think, seven or eight left last they tweeted out. Those are 30 bucks. Second row is 20, General Mission 10. So it's super affordable for anyone that, can, that wants to go. Thanks again for coming on. Um, she's been a wrestler for a long time, you know. Mm -hmm. And looking down YouTube, like you sent me a few links of her matches. One where she was like facing Nikki Cross. Like, oh, check this out. She faced her. So she's yeah. She's been with a lot of people. Um, I also tweeted out a link today. It was a, it was from last year's Rise show, and she was training Delilah Doom to like for her match. And it was they did like a mo like a goofy montage where they were at a gym. It was actually a Planet Fitness. That made me think of you because there's purple everywhere. <laughs> and uh, there is a part where uh, Angel Dust is doing the row, like the pullback rows. And then Delilah doesn't know. What, like, I don't know what I'm doing. So she's just doing like half push-ups just on the bench and clapping. And I laugh because at places like uh, Planet Fitness and Charter Fitness where I go where it's like $10 a month at gym, you'll see people like look at someone like, what are you doing, man? You know, like the assisted pull-up machine? Yeah. I've seen people sit on it and just like basically bounce up and down on like the weighted part of them. Yeah, like, there's videos doing? out there of people just doing ridiculous stuff with the machine. It's like, why? <laughs> and then I've actually seen people be pretty innovative with them. Like, yeah, I never thought to do that. <laughs> or, yeah, and they're probably going <laughs> to hurt themselves. <laughs> All right. 
So the, I want to talk about, we talked about two awesome matches to start as far as gimmick matches. I want to talk yeah. about one that's just a complete clusterfuck, and I love <clears> it in every way possible. So WCW do these World War Three pay-per-views. They only did a handful of them. And these were, it was a 60-man battle royal with three rings. And if you've never seen this before, you're only familiar with like maybe WWE style of a real rumble where every, a guy comes out every two minutes. Or even war games where you've seen two right. rings. But How does the third one work? It's like it's like a so there's one in the middle, and then there's two like on opposite corners of the ring, so it's a total mess. Okay, and they're not side by side. No, no, no. <laughs> and the, what's even more of a this mess? Sounds crappy. What even? I love it though. I love terrible bad wrestling. And then the best part of it is, is all sixty guys start at the same time. Like and also okay. on this particular one, this is World War Three, nineteen ninety five. This was for the vacated WCW title. It was vacated because we talked about this last week, I think, with Hulk Hogan, where he faced the giant, and then he lost by DQ, but then it turned out that Jimmy Hart turned on him and had power of attorney, so when he signed the contract, he put in there, if Hogan lost by DQ, the giant got the title, uh-huh. and then some guy comes out on Nitro in like a suit saying, well, the executive committee decided that the belt is vacated, and now it's going to be the winner's going to be at World War Three. Also, what's great about this is the guys are all walking down the to the ring like it's worth it just to see the entrance of literally 60 guys you think they'd just be kind of like coming in like the andre battle royal you know yeah, no no like, everyone gets we're like, like 25 people already in the ring and then last no, five get announced <laughs> everyone everyone in this match gets their name announced so that's a good 20 minutes <laughs> right and they just they're just walking and you're like who's this guy like they, they start running out of guys so it's just you know random people you never heard of yeah there's one like executioner number one executioner number two <laughs> guy with masks on <laughs> And whenever a guy, and I'm sure it was like, it was like a line because everyone's in, in order. Whenever a guy, like there's one point where the Zodiac, who's Brutus Beefcake, does like a little pause and like stops to the camera. Uh-huh. Like there's like a traffic jam behind him, people bumping into each other. <laughs> it's just a mess. <laughs> I love it. So then the match starts, right? There's three different, if you're confused already, I don't blame you. you got to watch it. <laughs> the match starts, right? And there's, there's, there's three rings. Pause and, the show and cue it up. <laughs> yeah. In addition to the three rings, each ring has its own announce team. <laughs> so that there's so six weird. total announcers. And they're not different languages. They're and all English. No. <laughs> and there's nowhere, for, when the match starts, there's nowhere for anyone to move. Like, everyone's just like, like bumping into each other. 60 guys. So to get from one ring to the other, you either got to jump well, over to well, one or once, climb out and no, climb back so in. So <laughs> once a ring gets to 10 guys, they move to an, like they go to another ring where they eventually 30 guys or whatever end up in the main ring. Okay. It's over the top rope rules. You know, that's the rule of the battle. It's it's super long too. Like I was watching like I was kind of like half watching it today cuz I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I just want to see it. And I'm like, oh, this is so long. What well, <laughs> it, it's just a total mess, right? So what ends up happening at the end, the final 10 guys or whatever, it's the one-man gang, Hulk Hogan, uh, the giant, Lex Luger, Sting, Macho Man, Ric Flair, DDP, and like a few other guys. That's like the main guys. So they're all obviously trying to get the giant out because he's the biggest guy. So Sting and Luger are pushing him over, and then Hogan comes to help, but he ends up limiting Sting and Luger too. At the end of the match, the giant ends up pulling Hogan out under the ropes, and then Macho Man wins the title. But then the crowd's going nuts because they want the Macho Man. Like, yeah, we, we're, we're happy. We like the Macho Man. Yeah. Hogan comes back pitching. He's like, no, brothers, I wasn't under the ring. I, I got pulled out from under the ring. So they're having a promo in the ring with Mean Gene Oakland. Total cluster of amazement how, how bad this is. 
<laughs> then this was around the point where fans were starting to boo Hogan a little bit. So Hogan goes, hey, Hulk come to the crowd. He's like, did I go under the ring? And everyone goes, boo. <laughs> like, booing him. like, no, you went over. <laughs> he's just like, you see, you see, Mach, what do you got to say about that? And the Macho Man goes, well, Hulkster, it is what it is. And that's like his response. So he gets to yeah. be the champion. And I don't remember how it ended up where Macho Man <clears throat> lost the belt again, but it's just a great great time for someone to watch if you're a fan of terrible wrestling i am there's more there's more world war three matches like we have to never queued up now i want to watch the rest of them today because like i used to love i mentioned that's this. the entire pay-per-view right no 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 no. <laughs> because some of the people obviously in the in the battle royal they do double duties they're doing matches oh man there's actually a match before that with sting versus rick flair good match i was like kind of yeah. watching oh this is a cool nice little match and then just the chaos happens <laughs> definitely check out world war three 1995 wcw pay-per-view the war games or the I don't even know what the hell it's called. World War Three. World War Three match, yeah. Definitely <laughs> check that one out. What do you got? Do you got another good match or another terrible well, match? You, <laughs> I don't know if it's terrible. It probably is okay. know, if we watch it today. But you had mentioned a boss man match. So as I was watching that, there was another one. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this nightstick match between him and Nails. From Survivor Series? Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. I so, love it. <laughs> so Nails, I don't know. I guess when I was a kid, I thought he was cool. But watching him now, he's just so... I don't know. I hated nails because he used to like spit when he breathed. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, and I and I thought he was thinner, but going back and watching, <laughs> I'm like, he's so big. And I don't know how Bossman always got in these little, I guess, police officer jail uh-huh. matches with like inmates and all this kind of stuff. So nails comes out. He's saying, you know, I'm gonna avenge whatever his prison sentence right he said the bossman abused him when he was in prison yeah and his six other prison guards and, and, he, Cop and he would beat him up with the nightstick <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna come back and I'm gonna beat this is up. this is survivor series what 92 i think 92 okay yeah. so i mean the match happens they're going back and forth and it's i don't even think the match so is FYI, that i don't think we said what the point of this match is oh it's nightstick on nightstick a pole. on a pole so yes. if you get it you get to use it yeah so the nightstick is hanging on a pole and on the corner of the ring so there's always going to be, you know, much almost... like the much like the kendo stick match recently right. with Bailey and Alexa. Yeah, Bliss. just like that. <clears throat> so I mean, it's just kind of it's kind of an average match, you know, doing the punches, doing body slams, stuff like that. And then you got like the slow climb to get the pole, then the other guy pulls him off. So at the end of it, Boss Man gets the nightstick, starts beating up Nails, and he drops a nightstick. <laughs> Nails beats Boss Man up with the nightstick. Yeah, like, oh, but Boss Man won the yeah, match. He ended up winning the match. <laughs> but Nails beats the shit out of him with right. it. Like, he was going to be the next big thing, Nails, right? Yeah. I don't even think he lasted that long, maybe not even a year. No, do you, remember, do you know the story of Nails? No. So Nails got into a dispute with Vince McMahon and ended up physically attacking him. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of his WWE career. Oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> it's only, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. It's only five minutes. But I recently watched that one, too. I got, you know, whenever I'm bored or whenever, like, I've got work to do with, with background noise, I'll put, like, a pay-per-view on. I put that pay-per-view on. And I was like, this match seems like it's taking forever. But it's only five minutes long. It's yeah. awesome. Just a total. Mess. Well, it's I had I think it timed it like twelve minutes, but I think half of it is like introductions and then the promos like before backstage. Yeah, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Rick's spitting over the microphone. <laughs> right. That's him, man. But That's I thought male. that was, I don't know, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, it took me back he, to when I was He kind of looks like Jim Gaffigan, like a jacked up Jim Gaffigan if you're looking for a comparison of this guy. Yeah. There's a guy I used to work with, he looks like him. Like Nails or Jim yeah. Gaffigan? No, like, <laughs> more like Nails than Jim Gaffigan. So, I, Did you call him Nails? No. <laughs> but his name is Tom, and he was a manager, like a... The company that I worked at, I worked at a different store, but every time I saw him, I'm like, you look like nails <laughs> in my head. <laughs> we'll stick with the boss man. Yeah. This is not, this is a match that isn't great, but it's not <gasps> terrible, but it's not like a five-star classic. It was the jailhouse match from SummerSlam 91, Big Boss Man versus the Mountie. Loser spends a night in the New York City jail. Big Boss Man wins. Yeah. And then the Mountie's like, no, there's no way I'm going to jail. So <laughs> the match is what it is. But the best part is, is after the match, there's a whole throughout the rest of the show the steps of the Monty going to jail and he's yeah. so angry and so pissed like he's he's first he gets to the paddy wagon the way he that he's tough. screaming because he, he's being carried by three officers uh -huh. the way that he doesn't want to do anything he's yeah. like no no yeah. no like he sounds like Sam Kinison mm -hmm. <laughs> like he's just like yeah and he's French Canadians get the axe like you yeah. can't touch me he's like what are you doing <laughs> right. that's kind of Borat but my favorite part of this is he's at the police station they're gonna take his mugshot he's like you're not taking my picture you're not taking my picture he's got his head down yeah and the cop goes hey heard boss man beat you up pretty good he goes what'd you say and he puts his head up and they snap the picture like, no my favorite part he's like okay 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 i'll walk on my own i'll walk on my own yeah and they let him go and he tries to run away <laughs> <laughs> he tries to run towards a, a, a jail door that's yeah. already closed <laughs> i'm gonna watch this again i'm cracking up because i can think of it in my head it's, and then they keep going back to Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, that's an invasion of privacy. Blah, 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 yeah, he's his manager. <laughs> yeah. And also, the he's in his uh, he's in his wrestling gear still, so his mounty clothes, his slacks yeah. and everything. He gets thrown into a jail cell. There's not much to say about the match because it's, it's what it is. But this was just a, a few, again, like you said, Boston, you're a cop, so you're going to feud with other law enforcement-related people. Yeah. Towards the end of it, um, Bossman, well, in the match itself, Bossman hit him with a sidewalk slam, which is his trademark. Uh -huh. And Mountie kicked out. I'm like, what the hell? He did? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And then I think he picks him up. I don't know what you call the move where you kind of just, you have like your head mm -hmm. under their legs and you kind of sling them. Yeah, like an Alabama but, slam? Yeah. Okay. He does that to him. That's how he gets the win. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you got another one? Because um, I got a handful more. Yeah, one of the more recent ones I... I don't know. I just really liked was Elimination Chamber 2015, where they had the tag teams in it. Okay. So this was, well, Elimination Chamber 2015, but it's May 31st. It's on the network, obviously. Mm -hmm. But you got the Ascension, Lucha Dragons, Cesaro, and Tyson Kidd, Los Matadores, primetime players in the New Day. So mm -hmm. I think, um, I forget who starts off, Ascension and, let me look at this for Lucha Dragons, they okay. started off. So, typical fashion of Elimination Chamber, different pods go mm -hmm. off every two minutes, all that kind of stuff. But I thought the match was kind of innovative with the different spots that they did. Like, Kalisto is on top of the New Day, New Day's cage. Mm -hmm. His foot slips in. And New Day at the time were heels. Everybody's like, New Day sucks. Yeah. New, like, I, New Day, I, I, New Day didn't rock. That. And then uh, Xavier's like, why are you booing <clears throat> us? No, stop yeah. saying that. We rule. So everybody was doing New Day sucks because New Day, you know, was not cool at the time. <laughs> so... Um, Kalisto has his leg stuck in the cage and New Day's like holding on his leg trying to like keep Kalisto out of the match so that maybe his partner would get um, pinned. Mm -hmm. So I guess the point of the match was if your partner got pinned, your team was eliminated. You didn't have to pin both members. Yeah, yeah. Of the, okay. So they okay. kind of make it quicker so it's not like a, an hour match. Did they do an Elimination Chamber match this past year for tag team? I don't remember. No, don't they had they a did. tag team match at Elimination Chamber, okay. but it wasn't a chamber match. Okay. Um, 
But Kalisto ends up scaling the cage and like climbing all the way yeah. up the top and then towards the center. And mm-hmm. I think he's trying to swing to do like a um, Hurricane Rana. I don't know if it was no like a crossbody. Oh, okay. But he kind yeah. of falls weird and everybody still tumbles down. But it, I don't think he hit it right. Mm-hmm. And then later on, like Torito goes to the top and he does the same thing, <laughs> but he gets caught by one of the Ascension guys. It's slammed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Ascension looks strong because they eliminated the first two teams and. I think during that time, Ascension was just made to look like punks because yeah. they came out looking like LOD and everybody hated them and all that kind of stuff. Um, I forget where I'm going with anyway, this. Anyway, it was a good match. <laughs> Check it out. No, yeah. I, I like I like that you brought this up because this is more of a modern match. And Elimination Chamber started in 2002 with the Survivor Series. And this last year, they completely redid it a little bit to make it a little more... Maybe I guess, safer or smaller? I, I don't know about even safer, but more so like, hey, there's more stuff to do now in here. Because mm-hmm. before, it's just like, there's just metal everywhere. Like, what are you really going to do? It's just metal around a ring, and now they have more more opportunities to do stuff with it. Right. But at the end of it, it comes down to the primetime players. I think at the time, I really wanted them to win the titles. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. know. I just like that they got I back did together. Too. I like the primetime players. Yeah. Millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Yeah, I'm glad they got back together. I'm like, okay, now they need to win a title. And they were kind of hot going in. They were mm-hmm. winning matches and that kind of stuff. And I think they eventually beat New Day maybe a month or a couple of weeks later for the titles. No, but I don't think so. Because the New Day, was that? That was their first title run. Okay, and then the second one was the long one. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it comes down. This is like the ending of it. Um it's still three on two because you got New Day, which are three people. Um, I don't know what happened to Darren Young, but um, Kofi Kingston is at the top rope. He does the crossbody, tight, or uh, Titus catches him. Big E comes from behind, clips his leg, so now Titus is almost on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Xavier does like an Enziguri kick. I'm like, this is like three big moves. Yeah. <laughs> and they all pile up on top of Titus. And they yeah, I remember that finish now where they all they piled on top of yeah, him. Yeah, so I thought it was cool. Yeah, check check it out because I don't think that's one that's ever really going to be brought up very much. So if you get a chance to check it out, it's the Elimination Chamber 2015 match on the network. Yeah. My next one is going to be, well, before I say my next one, I want to say ones we're not going to talk about. Obviously ladder matches because we talked about that last week. And the Royal Rumble match, which I think is probably the greatest gimmick match of all time. We're not going to mention those because we've talked about those plenty before. Also, we mentioned a little bit the War Games matches with the double cage, mm-hmm. which is not going to have time to get to it today. I think at some point, I think that deserves its own show, like the best of the War Games matches. We can kind of look at all of them. There's actually, there was actually a Blu-ray set that came out. They're all on the network, too, but we can we can do that one day. So I know uh, Sammy Cassell is a big... Uh, old school fan so he kind of gives a shit sometimes like you need to watch older stuff i'm like i do so we will get you older <laughs> stuff at some point sam we'll do maybe i'll bring him on he's, he's an aficionado about that stuff yeah. I'll see if he wants to come on when i was younger days. though i remember i mean i remember watching i don't know if it was still nwa or what was like the beginning of wcw but i remember like bunkhouse matches i remember yeah i remember i think it was dusty Rhodes and somebody in, yeah like the, some the, trailer yeah, match with the, hay uh, and shit yeah like it was the end of the road match yeah so was, i mean those gimmick matches i mean i i was aware of them but i don't know if i really respected them enough right and then, probably just go back and rewatch them. yeah you can that's awesome right the network right <laughs> uh but anyway let's get to the next one i have here this was from king of the ring 98 and everyone remembers that one is the one where mankind got thrown from the top of hell in the cell versus the undertaker that was mm-hmm. this crazy match 
The main event of this match was Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the first blood match. And I used to love first blood matches because they were so rare. I think I loved them because on the WWF Attitude video game for PlayStation 1, that was an option. I used to play those all the time. Yeah, blood on, blood off. Yep, right? exactly. But there was a first blood match option. Oh, like okay. First, if you first want to bleed. So I would just like cheat <clears> hit the computer with a chair like 10 times until they bled. <laughs> I remember this match, and this was, again, I was in 8th grade, or just graduated 8th grade, so it was 98. And I, you'd think I would have known, like, oh, it's obviously set up. I knew it was fixed. I knew wrestling was what it was. But still, I got mad. I was like, that's bullshit because Austin's facing Kane. Austin's just in a single, in tights. Kane's in a full body suit with a mask. How's he going to bleed? Like, I was right. like, this is bullshit. And I was, and I, but at the same time, I'm like, there's no way Austin's going to lose this match. Like, he's not going to lose the title to Kane. Sure enough, he did. <laughs> uh, so... This was cool because the rep, there was a point in the match, it's a big brawl, Austin's working with Kane, there's a big brawl, and at one point Undertaker comes down, and Mankind also comes down, who was just, in, just got thrown what off the top of the What year was this? 98, this is King of the Ring 98. Okay. And this is the main event of that show. Everyone thinks the Mankind was the main event of that show, it's Kane versus Austin. And Austin's bleeding from the head like, like crazy, but the ref's down, so nobody sees it, so everyone's like, oh, I'm thinking, what... I think I watched this one live. I'm like, what's going to happen? I'm guessing he's going like, to clear the blood off his face or something, and then it make Kane bleed. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, too. Kane had a stipulation where he was talking to the voice box, and this was back when he couldn't talk, that if I lose, I will set myself on fire. And like, oh, mm-hmm. she's going to set himself on fire, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's crazy stuff. We're like, there's a lot of shit that can happen. Yeah. And But anyway, the ref wakes up in the middle of the match when Austin's kind of got the upper hand on Kane. And the ref looks at Austin and sees he's bleeding, and Austin's like, no, no. And then the ref's like, all right, I got it. And he rings the bell, and Kane's the champion. It's like, holy shit, Kane's the WWE champion. That'd be right now, like, if Cena faced, I don't know, like, Braun Strowman last year for the title, and Strowman won. That's kind yeah. of what it was like. I guess Kane was a little more in the main event scene than Strowman is now, or even back then, but it was just like, holy shit. And then the next night on Raw... Austin had a rematch with Kane. He was basically asking, like, are you a real man? Will you have a rematch? And he nodded yes. And then yes. Austin gets the title back. Yeah. Did he use a voice box? I think he did. Or he might have nodded. <laughs> also worth checking out the rematch from that, the Raw after. Uh, but first blood matches, I don't know if we're going to see again in WWE. There's definitely other promotions. We'll be able to see it in New Japan, Ring of Honor, yeah. uh, TNA, all the independent shows around town. We definitely can again. But WWE, it's probably not going to happen. But I think if they did do a first blood match, because blood is so rare, it would draw a lot of interest in people. I, at least I think so. And it seems like... I think because it hasn't been seen a whole lot in mm-hmm. the past couple of years, it would be more of an attraction. Yeah, and when they do bleed, it's... Like the hard way, usually, unless they they do a, a planned hard way of bleeding, which is so crazy to me. So, like when Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam a couple of years ago, when Lesnar cut him open with those elbows, yeah, that, that, that's like that was planned. But it's like they're like, well, that's not as brutal as cutting yourself with a razor. I'm like, it's way more brutal to do that, like the hard this way. It's more of that. a concussion yeah. <laughs> to get it that way. Yeah, I guess so. But either way, if you want to check out another fun match, that's another fun gimmick match I had. Uh, I got a hand. I think I have three or four more. Do you got another one? Uh, I've got two. Go ahead. Um, maybe the Inferno match. Okay, yeah, that, the first that, one that ties into it with Kane versus Undertaker. Yeah, Unforgiven '98. Uh, you're probably right. Yep, I am. I am. Don't even look. <clears throat> Don't even look. It's right. I know I'm right. Let me see. Unforgiven '1990. You're right. <laughs> so I like the story of Kane and Undertaker, where Kane first came back. Mm-hmm. Did all of the stuff to Taker. Taker did all the stuff to Kane. They had a match at WrestleMania, so this was like the follow-up match at uh, Unforgiven, where um, Paul Bear kind of suckers 
Undertaker to be in this match, in the first Inferno match. And when I was watching, I'm like, I have no idea what an Inferno match is. This is going to be cool. I just didn't know what to expect. So I think it's Jerry Lawler and the King that are on commentary. So before they even do the whole... You mean Jim Ross and the King. Jerry Lawler and the King is the same person. Oh, yeah. Jim Ross. (laughs) Jim Ross and Lawler. Excuse me. Before they even go to the whole montage to kind of set up the match and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> Lawler is sitting there. He's like pulling out campfire sticks. He's got a hot dog. <laughs> he's got a marshmallow. He's like, oh, I can't wait for the match. <laughs> you can tell JR is just pissed. He's uh-huh. like, shut up, JR. <laughs> or shut up, Lawler. <laughs> like, I don't think he likes his jokes. <laughs> no, no. So then they're doing, they do the little montage and the, the match starts. And then they, they're both in the ring and they do the fire. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. You know, how is this going to end? Somebody had to be set on fire, and I noticed like their hair was all wet. I'm like, well, maybe their hair is not going to get a catch on fire. Um, I do you remember I, this match? I, yeah, I didn't like uh, what was weird about this match is when they were announcing the match. I'm like, how is the ring going to be on fire? That was my first question. If anyone doesn't know, they basically had propane like strips with gas around yeah. the ring, and there was someone controlling it. So every time a big bump happened or a big move, someone would turn the flames up. Right. And it was an awesome visual because all the lights were out and everything. It was just kind of awkward. Also, this was an awesome visual. The Undertaker did his big dive over the rope, over the flames. Uh, I don't remember how I thought that was going to end. I'm like, yeah, like you said, I'm like, well, their hair is wet. But then I was like, well, maybe they're just going to get his leg or something. Ended up Kane's arm caught on fire. Was that? Yeah. When they were on the outside. Well, before, this is another thing that I thought was pretty funny when they're. <laughs> Lawler is saying, he's like, oh, it's hot. He's telling, he's talking to JR. He's like, uh, feel my coat. Feel my crown, how hot it is. And JR goes, I ain't feeling nothing on you, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just tell he's just, loves I don't know, the king. Loves just, the king just and Lawler. wants nothing to do with the king. Um, but I like that Vader got involved because there had to have been some sort of finish. Mm-hmm. Um, Undertaker somehow throws Kane over the rope and over the flames. Vader comes out, beats the shit out of Kane. Kind of gets them set up to where Undertaker can do his dive over the top rope, so I thought that was awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Bear gets involved, Undertaker doing some stuff with Bear, and I think that's when Kane is kind of under the ring, like his arm is, and maybe they're prepping his arm uh-huh. with the fire stuff. Yeah. And then his arm catches on fire, so Undertaker won. But Yeah, and he's kind of like waving his arm in the air and doing a whole thing with it. Yeah. It's it's worth it. It's nothing like an amazing, you know, five-star club. You have to see this technical And I looked online, there's people saying that, no, there's no Inferno match that was great. <laughs> but I thought not. it was cool because it was the first. I didn't know what it was. It, either way, it's it's worth checking out for anyone that, that wants to see an interesting match. Uh, my next one was one that I loved when I was a kid, but it does FYI, it doesn't hold up well. Mm-hmm. It's the Macho Man versus Crush from WrestleMania 10 Falls Count Anywhere. This is different than other Falls Count Anywhere matches because the rule was you can go anywhere in the arena and you have to get a count to three and then both wrestlers have to the count of I think 10 or 20 or whatever it was to get back to the ring. It might have been 20. Or maybe it was 60 seconds. I don't know. Either way. It I do kind of remember that now. Yeah. So it it doesn't hold up well at all. But it was intriguing at the time. Mm-hmm. It's, in, it's interesting to look back at now to see what they were trying to do. Obviously, the WWE didn't like it because they've never done one of these again. <coughs> but there's one spot where Crush is doing a press slam on Macho Man. He drops him on the guardrail, but Macho Man hits his face, which so is bleeding from his mouth instantly, which is kind of a, uh, a brutal spot. It ends up winning where Macho Man pins Crush, but then ties his like legs up uh-huh. with cable and something like that, and then he gets back to the ring for the win. I think you have 60 seconds to get back to the ring. It's it's goofy. It's interesting. 
but it's worth checking out because you never, I don't think you're ever going to see something like this again. Unless they can figure out a way to do it more creatively. Yeah. I don't know. Give it a try. Why not, right? It's a network. No one's buying pay-per-views anymore. Why not? Give it a try. Well, I think that's part of the drama, too, to see if you can get the pin and if you can get back to the ring mm-hmm. in that certain amount of time. Kind of like with the Inferno match. Like, the drama of who's going to catch on fire, how's it going to happen. Yeah. They're so close to the flames. And then... Like, going back to your match, it's like, okay, you got the pin, can you get back to the ring? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And there's not much to say about it, like I said, other than that big Spower Macho Man's face gets busted open. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of blood in all these matches that I'm noticing. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of, there's a theme with these. Uh, another recent one, I didn't really plan on talking about it, but I thought was going to be stupid, was the uh, Ambrose Asylum match, Jericho versus Ambrose. Mm-hmm. That was a good good match they had. And especially with the, the thumbtack spot at the end, because that never happens, and he's like, 69 thumb thumbtacks, Dean Ambrose! And then you owe me ten thousand dollars for my jacket and all that. I like. I can't few. believe the Jericho. I guess I can, but at his age, took all of those thumbtacks. Well, originally, I don't know if you heard Ambrose and Jericho talk about it in their podcast or Jericho's podcast. No. So Ambrose was like telling Vince, like, "Come on, come on, come on, like, let's do it, let's do it." He's like, "No, it's too brutal." He's like, "Come on, you know, you know, it doesn't really hurt. It's the marks that think it's real. Come on." And Ambrose was like, I think eventually he was like, "Fine, just do it." Yeah. And then Jericho was like. Okay, well, fine. Ambrose is taking the thumbtacks, right? And then they're like, yeah. And then Ambrose is like, well, well the Vince or someone's like, well, Ambrose is winning. And Jericho's like, well, then why would he take the thumbtacks? That's got to be the big spot. So like, he had to take it. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you know, it hurt. He's like, but not as best as I thought. He's like, honestly, the anticipation was worse than what it actually was. But still, mm-hmm. 69 thumbtacks getting pulled out of you. Like, if you step on one, like, if you ever get like a tack, and oh you're like, oh, yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a fun little match they had too, and they have a playset coming out for that with uh, Mitch the Potted Plant and the, oh, okay. and the mop and everything too. It's, yeah. it's the Ambrose Society. You got thumbtacks? I doubt it. I doubt that. You could probably buy your own. <laughs> you probably choke on them. Kids would choke on them. Yeah, kids are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more. What's your last one? Uh, the last one is the Royal Rumble '99. Um, the Rock versus Mankind in the I Quit match. Okay. <clears throat> Thinking back to this match, the only thing I remembered when I rewatched it, I think I watched it this morning, mm-hmm. all I remember were all the chair shots Mick Foley was taking. Maybe that was just the highlights that I keep seeing over the years, but I do remember watching this live. And watching it again, it's like I'm cringing half the time because of how hard and, I don't know, just it just looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, getting thrown, I don't know, through the table, off, and then they climb up to like the second balcony. Uh-huh. Foley takes the big dive off of that onto speakers. There are sparks, mm-hmm. chair shots. Uh, it's just brutal. It is. And then he's just covered in blood. Yeah. Foley is, like, in his hair. is. And <clears throat> the, thing that, the thing I think about the chair shots is so brutal is he never put his, Foley never put his hands up anyway. No. But I think what Foley said, like, he didn't realize. But in what, 98 and 99, they were taking them, like, straight to the head. Yeah. And I think what Foley said he didn't realize was. I never realized how much, even if I, put, I didn't put my hands up, not having my arms to kind of like brace myself for the impact yeah. would be. And then the rock hit him in the back of the head with that one. I was like, oh, my God. It was what? like the lip of the chair, yeah. not like the not the flat seat part. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's, it's, it's rough, man. Yeah. I thought that some of the things were funny when, you know, Foley's beating the rock up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, do you quit? Do you quit? And the rock's like, the rock says he's going to kick your ass. You kiss the rock. <laughs> yeah. Is this the one where the rock's got the camera, too? And he's like, he's videotaping and 
I'm like, no. Okay, which one was that one? Uh, maybe, a, been, maybe a Last Man Standing. Yeah, where The Rock's got the video. Like, the camera's yeah. like, The Rock says, and then he turns around and fully <laughs> beats the hell out of him. Like, The Rock was pretty funny. There's one spot I remember. He... He's got Foley on the outside, and Rock grabs the bell and, like, holds the ring bell right by Foley's ear and hits the thing with the hammer. So, like, bing, yeah, yeah. like, to make him deaf. And then he gets on the mic. He's like, bells will be ringing. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's cracking up because, like, he's such – he was just, like, a cool, funny guy. Mm-hmm. It just – yeah, like, the you know, Rock says he kisses his ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I remember that match. It's, it's rough. It's rough to watch now. And then if you ever watch Beyond the Mat where his kids are in the front row with his wife, yeah. like, oh, my God, let's go back. So I was counting them. There were five chair shots in the ring just straight to the head, handcuffed. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, smacking him in the head on the way back up the ramp. And he just knocks him out. So I remember when he said, I quit, I quit. I'm like, that's a recording. That's yeah, a recording. Yeah, you're this is yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And Shut went, up, Eric. <laughs> the Rock won the title. I'm like, that was a recording. He didn't quit. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they made it super obvious. And, like, the crowd was kind of shocked, too, about yeah. it. But and, I think they addressed that on the next night. Or yeah, and they had a rematch with the halftime heat where the, the Foley got his title back. Was that where the empty arena? Yeah, the empty okay, arena yeah, match, the Super Bowl halftime show. Halftime I remember heat. we clicked over to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we did, too. It was, wrestling was huge then. Right. It, it was amazing. It was everywhere. My sister was like, what's this crap? I want to watch the concert. Boo. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's the, for the world title on free TV. This <laughs> right. is a big deal. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Beat it, kid. My last one is the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels Hell in the Cell match, Bad Blood 97, the first ever Hell in the Cell match. This is one of Shawn Michaels' best matches ever, one of Undertaker's best matches ever, possibly both of their best matches ever, with the exception mm-hmm. of being the WrestleMania match. But it just tells an amazing story. It's got awesome moments. And it's got the first spot where Michaels falls from the cell. He's obviously hanging from it. Yeah. And that what's really awesome about that part is Michaels is kind of dangling, and he's Michaels was so awesome at like being like whoa, like with his, like selling, yeah, his body flailing, and Jerry Law was awesome on commentary. He's like incoming, incoming, and then the big table crash and everything yeah. like that. It's it's I don't want to <clears throat> give too much detail on the match because everyone probably seen it before, but if not, it's worth a, a check out again. It's the In Your House Bad Blood pay per view on the network if you're looking for it. First ever Hell in the Cell match. Uh, Michaels is, ends up winning because this is also the debut of Kane. Right. Uh, Undertaker's ready to beat Michaels. Then Kane comes out. It's it's awesome. And this was the main event. And at the time, Bret Hart was the champion. But it's still the main event of the show, and it should have been. Uh, this was a rematch because they had a match the pay-per-view before. Judgment Day ended in a big, huge brawl. They're like, you're going to be in a cell. That's the only way we're going we're gonna to solve this. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the, the debut of Kane. I thought that was like... Just made the match that much better. Yeah, because he was being hyped up as as Kane. He's like, that's gotta be Kane. Yeah, and he comes in and he does make a difference in the in the ending. Yep, but even still, just the match, even without Kane, it was just regular match. Yeah, it's 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 hands down the best Hell in the Cell match ever. Like it was the first one, and it's been the best one. And mm-hmm. I think everyone since then's been trying to top it. And the one that gets remembered is the one next year, King of the Ring, with Foley and Undertaker, but. It's it's the best one ever. I think there's a few ones that have come close. You know, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker had one in 2002. That's pretty awesome. If you want to check mm-hmm. that out, this is another paper we can do some or show we can do sometime is our favorite Hell in the Cell matches because there's been so many of them by now. But definitely, definitely worth checking out, guys. Uh, Bad Blood 1997 in your house pay per view Hell in the Cell. All right. Yeah. You got any more? Uh, no, that's it. That was all mine too. So. 
Thanks again to Angel Dust for joining us. You're going to check her out on Twitter at AngelDust06. She's going to be in the main event of Rise Wrestling July 7th, Friday night in Berwyn. Eric and I will be there. We'll definitely say hi to her. We'll be rooting her on in the dog collar match where I'm interested to see how they'll do it. After watching that dog, dog collar match, I wonder if they're like watching a one time <coughs> looking to see like some strategy or something like that, how to yeah. do it. Uh, check her out again on Twitter at AngelDust06. It was super awesome for her to come Maybe on. Maybe they'll especially. watch the, the Piper Valentine. Yeah. I'll, I'll, like, hey, we'll, uh, well, since I'm recording an interview with her after the show, I'll I'll, I'll suggest it to her. I'll be like, you know what you should do? <laughs> what you should do? <laughs> Beat it, nerd. <laughs> Hangs up on me. Just act like your equilibrium's off. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, asshole. And then have uh, Shiatsu work, yeah. work your ear. <laughs> yeah, right? Work the ear. Work the ear. That'd be cool if they did that. <laughs> I'm going to scream from the crowd. Work like, the Holy ear. shit. Work the <laughs> ear. Work the ear. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. And if you want a sweet, hilarious T-shirt, check out whatamaneuver.net. It's pinned to our Twitter profile. I never complain online. Available in all sorts of colors and sizes for you. They do. It's not cheap shirts either. It's a American Apparel soft shirt, so you're not getting like a shitty shirt at least. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because you could also wear it without it being an obvious wrestling shirt, which I yeah. think a lot of people always like. We're on SoundCloud, Positively Processing Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review if you can. Thanks to everyone that listens. Thanks to all the everyone that interacts on Twitter. If you're a listener of the show and you don't interact on Twitter, you can shoot me an email, ppwpodcast at gmail.com. That's all I have for this week, Eric. That's it. I'm just glad I could make it today. Yeah, you almost didn't make it. So no. we will see everyone next week.